And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. What a beautiful name! What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, and nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power, be to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, forever and ever. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin. 
and the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. It is Sunday, April 12, 2020, and this is Liberty Church Audio's Easter podcast. Thank you for listening in. Dave Ford will lead us in prayer, and Tom Black will bring our scripture reading this morning from the Gospel of John. Let us pray. Father God, on this day of Easter, we thank you, Father, for your risen Son who came, who died, and then came to life again for our sake. Father, thank you that you have made it possible that we, sinners, can approach you, not of our own good will or not of our own good works, but Father, for the, what Jesus has done for us. You sent your Son to save us. Thank you. And this Easter morning, we come together as brothers and sisters, separated by space, but together in spirit. Father, to honor you and your work through your Son on this glorious day. Thank you so much for all you've done to love us, to care for us, to cause us to be part of a bigger family here in Cosby. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent to look over into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and told the disciples the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus Christ reconciled our relationship to God and is worthy of our worship. I love the story of Mary meeting Christ at the tomb, thinking at first that he was the gardener. And then when he speaks her name and says, Mary, she recognizes him and immediately falls to his feet and just grasps him, holding on for dear life. So tightly that he has to remind her, don't you don't have to hold on to me. I'm not leaving just yet. I haven't ascended to my father, but you need to give a message to my brethren. He said, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. He is saying this as if all the obstacles to a relationship with God have been removed because that was what his work on the cross was. 
he was actually working on the cross to bring two estranged parties together, God and me, God and you. You know, we tend to think that God wants nothing to do with us. So, in return, we want nothing to do with Him. I've heard it in movie scripts and actually heard people say things like, God hates me. But that's not true. It wasn't God who broke the relationship. We did. In fact, based on Christ's story about the prodigal son, we told him we wished he was dead, but before we walked out the door, we just wanted him to give us what's ours. Give us the stuff we need to have a good life and then leave us alone. Then spiritually, we moved to as far away a country as we could find, and we quarantined ourselves from God. It was us. We were the ones who broke away. But the resurrection message, the Easter message, is that God in Christ came after us. He sent His Son to pay the debt and to make a way to bring us home. And He paid the price. The price that He paid was to die on the cross. That's why Paul wrote that God, through Christ, reconciled us to Himself. It's a relationship restored. Charles Spurgeon, an old-time preacher, said, There has been a long-standing quarrel between God and man. It commenced in that day when our first parents hearkened to the serpent's voice and believed the devil rather than their maker. Yet God is not willing for that quarrel to continue. According to the goodness of His nature, He delights in love. He is the God of peace. And He has on His part prepared everything that is necessary for a perfect reconciliation. His glorious wisdom has devised a plan whereby without violating His justice as the judge of all the earth and without tarnishing His perfect holiness, He can meet man upon the ground of mercy and man can again become the friend of God. That blessed work was done long ago and now all that remains is that we should be reconciled to God, that we should be willing to end the dispute and that our hearts should turn towards our Maker again in love, peace, and perfect reconciliation. The price to pay to end the quarrel was death and eternal separation from Him. And it was a price too high for any of us to pay, so He paid it and stamped it, paid in full, to Telestai. That's what He cried out on the cross. It is finished. So if you're far from God, the Easter message, the resurrection message from Christ has come home. Notice the words that Jesus used when he talked to Mary. He said, tell my brethren, my brethren, that's reconciliation. Tell my brethren, the men that were hiding out, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. So he says, these people, you are my brethren. He says, my father is your father, and my God is your God. Mary, of course, knew the power of reconciliation. Christ had saved her from the worst anti-God state of mind that anyone could be in, and it was fitting that she was the first messenger. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is a message of reconciliation. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, by faith, we can come home, and if you are far from home, trust Him and come home. 
And if we are home, let this Easter remind you of how worthy Christ is of our allegiance and our devotion and our worship. Look at what he went through. Look at the kind of person Jesus is. He's the, he's the highest, he's the most powerful, he's the most perfect, he's most perfect. He is perfect. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's biblical language. And yet he came down, see how low he came, so that he could have you as his brother, have you as his sister, to have you worship God with him. An even older old time preacher, Jonathan Edwards, tells us that when we look at Christ, we are seeing a bringing together of very different kinds of perfections that should cause us to admire Christ and to worship him. He put it in the, in the old way, there is an admirable conjunction of diverse excellencies in Jesus Christ. Infinite highness and infinite condescension. Infinite justice and infinite grace. Infinite glory and lowest humility. Infinite majesty and transcendent meekness. The deepest reverence toward God and equality with God. Infinite worthiness of good and the greatest patience under sufferings of evil. He had a spirit of obedience with supreme dominion over heaven and earth. Absolutely sovereign yet perfectly resigned to do his Father's will. There's nothing like the person of Christ offered in any other philosophy or worldview or religion. And when he was on that cross, he wasn't playing a role. He was expressing his nature. He was showing in real world ways who he was and what he was willing to go through to bring man home. If that is not worth getting behind our defenses, if that, if that is not worth allowing our defenses to drop, we're letting him to get behind our defenses and to actually worship him, then I don't think anything will. Look, I am a skeptical guy. I do not like to get on anybody's bandwagon, on any political bandwagon. When I see, a, when I see, a, when I see massive crowds following a person, just because it's a massive crowd following a person, I'm not going to do it because nobody is worthy of that kind of devotion. Not on this planet, not in this world, except for one. Don't withhold your worship from someone like Christ who really is worthy of it. Let the joy and the power of resurrection rise in your hearts by faith this morning and worship him in spirit and in truth because he ended the quarrel between you and God and he showed his worthiness in the process. Mm -hmm.